A to Z of college recruiting. This is the show where you'll learn about the latest tips and tricks on how to maximize your scholarship opportunities tenfold. You'll learn the hows, whys, and what's of college recruitment and scholarships. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the IM360 podcast, the show where we give you the latest tips and tricks on how to maximize your collegiate and scholarship opportunities in the United States and Canada. Uh, Back for another awesome episode, uh, episode 102, where we're going to talk about everything relating to uh, collegiate divisions, which divisions are out there, uh, which divisions are right for you, and just some misconceptions and other really helpful information that's going to give you some more clarity around uh, all the different opportunities that are available out there. Um, If you're listening to our podcast on YouTube, be sure that you click that red subscribe button. Um, You know, if if you're on iTunes or any other uh, podcast app where we're broadcasting, be sure, give us your star ratings. Um, All all those subscriptions and star ratings help us to to remain the number one uh, show in the world for anything relating to to, to college recruitment. Uh, And we want to stay number one in the world for as long as possible. So uh, be sure, like I said, subscribe, um, give us your star ratings, uh, and keep tuning in because we've got some phenomenal information coming your way. Episode 102, right now. All right, episode 102, we're going to dive right in, all right, all about collegiate divisions. Uh, And what we're going to cover in in this episode, firstly, what are the divisions, Um, why they're labeled the way that they are, what makes the divisions different, which divisions do most people go into, or or should I say most of our IM360 uh, students and student athletes go into, Um, can you move from one division to another? Um, and then, you know, what division will you go to? All right, we'll, we'll talk about all those things. But the first thing uh, that, that I'm going to do is just going to give you a brief sort of outline of the, the intercollegiate athletic system uh, in, in North America. All right, and I'll start with the United States. So uh, the United States intercollegiate sporting system has been in existence since 1852, people, right? Like a lot of people don't, don't realize that it's, it's over 160 years old, <laughs> like, right? Like, like you, you, this has been something that has, has been going on for a long time. Um, and, and the intercollegiate sporting system uh, in the United States is, is so unique and so different to anything else out there. there. There's not another system in the world like it that combines full-time education with full-time sports participation uh, that has as much notoriety and passion as the U.S. system does. Um, it is by far the most lucrative system for amateur sport in the world. Uh, it grosses billions of dollars every year in revenue that's then redistributed um, back down through the ranks in order for the system to continue to thrive and, and sort of flourish, right? Um, now, in the United States, there, there's over 2,500 different institutions uh, that are offering intercollegiate sports participation to over 600,000 student-athletes from nearly every corner of the globe, right? So it's it's massive. Uh, at the highest competitive standards in the U.S. system, um, you know you, you've got Olympians and future professional superstars. And at the lowest competitive standards out there, you have social players that compete because of the love that they have for their sport, um, who who may never you know see the heights of a, a professional career 
in sport. Um, so, so again, it's, it's a system that, that is designed to support a lot of different kinds of students and student athletes. Um, and, and there's a lot more to it than what a lot of people realize. Now, Canada is, is similar, but, um, as we're going to talk about the different divisions uh, and, and how that sort of works, that, that's going to relate to the United States. Canada is, like I said, it, it's similar, um, but a lot less schools. So, so you're looking at you know, somewhere between 120 to 150 schools um, that really all compete in, in sort of one division. Um, and, and those competitions are separated by regions. So there's five different regions in, in Canada uh, for U sports is, is what it's called. So again, it's it's a similar system, but not nearly as big or as lucrative. Uh, nor are there, there, the scholarship opportunities the same as as what sort of exists in the United States. So so again, we'll we'll go through the you know the different divisions and and what makes them different uh, and, and and do all of that. But again, uh, Canada similar to the states, but just not as big uh, or, or or as many schools now. The U.S. collegiate system, right? Like, there's only three divisions, right? Division one, two, and three. Correct? Is that correct, everyone? That is incorrect. All right. That that is that is one of the probably the biggest misconceptions of the U.S. collegiate system is that oh, you know, division one, two, and three, and that that's it. Well, well, no. That, like division one, two, and three, that only pertains to one governing association of collegiate sport, and that's the NCAA. So the National Collegiate Athletic Association. Um, the National Collegiate Athletic Association or the NCAA, they've got three divisions. Um, and, and I'll sort of explain what makes those different. Um, you've got sort of Division One. There, there's over 350 member institutions in Division One. Um, you've got Division Two. There's over 300 member institutions uh, in, in the NCAA Division Two. And then you've got Division Three, where there's over 450 member institutions in division three. But again, like I said, the, the NCAA division one, two, and three, that is only one of, of several governing organizations that, that oversee collegiate sport in the United States. Now are, are the best schools, you know, is division one automatically the best? No, that, that, that's not the case. Div- what, what separates what division a school competes in ha- has nothing to do with the competitive standards associated with their sport, all right? It, uh, what determines a division is is literally based on the size of the institution. So what makes a, a Division One school a Division One school? Well, it, those are the biggest schools, all right? Um, and, and then Division Two, th- those are sort of the, the second biggest schools, sort of medium-sized to, to, to even large universities, um, you know, are, are, are competing in division two, uh, and then division three, very similar in size, uh, to, to division two, but they've taken a different approach with respect to their, uh, their ideology around, uh, sport. Um, and, and division three doesn't offer sporting scholarship because the belief in division three is that sport is just one piece of the overall student experience. And, and then, you know, it's, you could say the same for division one and division two, but, um, with the ability for division one and division two institutions to be able to, to provide athletic scholarships, um, sometimes it, it can be skewed the importance of, of sport and, and school and which one of those comes first. All right. So, so again, division one, two, and three, 
that, that only pertains to the NCAA, the National Collegiate Athletic Association, uh, and, and those divisions do not have anything to do with the competitive standards of the sporting programs that compete in each of those divisions. Divisions are separated by the size of the institution. Uh, so again, um, I guess we, we, we have a lot of people who, who think, oh, yeah, Division One's the best. I want to go to Division One. Well, well, look, you know, you could very easily say Division One is the best because the, the biggest and best Division One institutions in the United States are, are, are the ones that, that will pump out future professional superstars, you, you know? But, but, but again, like, to be able to go and compete at one of those institutions, you need to be at, at that incredibly elite standard and and not everybody is so the the thought that division one is just automatically the best well well that that, that's not correct because it's it's not about what's best it's what's what's best for you all right and and that's where we'll we'll sort of dive into to to some of that later but 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 again you know back to to the different divisions division one two and three uh, again just just one governing organization and that's the ncaa now You've also got a, a, a completely separate division um, or, or, or competition that's called the NAIA, which stands for the National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics. And, and the NAIA also has its own divisions. But those divisions and, and what determines what division that you're in, um, some sports have multiple divisions. Other sports only have you know one competition. But, but in, in the NAIA, you've got... Um, you know, over 250 different member institutions um, that, that are offering, you know, uh, really the same sort of mix between very elite and, and, and average um, sporting levels of competition. So, so again, where you fit within the NAIA will be dependent upon your skill and ability, you know, and, and, and I guess if, if you compare the NAIA to the, the NCAA and, and the divisions, it, the NAIA would be most similar uh, to the NCAA Division II in terms of the, the overall size of the institutions as well as their ability to provide both academic and athletic scholarship uh, awards. All right, so um, again, the NCAA Division I, II, and three, and then you've also got the NAIA, uh, which which also has uh, multiple divisions depending on the sport. Um, th- those are probably the two biggest and most popular governing organizations of collegiate sport in the United States, but there's also more, all right? Um, so, so the NAIA and the NCAA, those govern competitions that deal with, with four-year colleges and universities, so bigger schools, four-year schools. Um, but if you've listened to any of our podcast episodes, you know that there, there's much more out there than, than just four-year schools. And, and there are, you know, there's, there's some phenomenal opportunities available out there in two-year colleges. So junior colleges or community colleges. Um, and, and those schools have their, their own governing organization as well. Um, and there are three different governing organizations of, of two-year colleges and, and all the different schools that compete in those. The first and probably the biggest uh, is the, the NJCAA, so the National Junior College Athletic Association. They've also got three different divisions, and those divisions are also – those are determined by the size of the school, the number of sports that they offer, and then also where the, the, the school resides regionally – 
in, in the United States will also have a, a bearing on what division um, that, that they you know, will, will participate in. Now, the, the NJCAA, so the National Junior College Athletic Association, uh, there's over 500 member institutions uh, that, that, that compete in the NJCAA. Um, and, and again, that's just just massive number of opportunities out there in the NJCAA. Um, another governing organization of two-year colleges is the CCCAA, so the California Community College Athletic Association, and, and they govern over 105 member institutions, right? So California has that many two-year colleges available that they compete outside of the National Junior College Athletic Association. California governs their own you know, sort of competition. And uh, you've got 105 different member institutions that are split into um, like eight different um, sort of, div- not, not divisions, but uh, eight different conferences. So, so again, the state of California is broken into eight pieces. And, and depending on where in California those schools are will depend on, you know, which conference um, that, that they're competing in. And then the best teams from every conference will go into, you know, the, the California state tournament where the best of the best will battle it out to be, you know, the best in, in, in California. So, so again, another division uh, or, or, or governing organization is the California Community College Athletic Association. Now, the third governing organization of two-year colleges is uh, the Northwest Athletic Conference, also called the NWAC. Uh, this one's a little bit smaller. There's only 36 member institutions in the NWAC, uh, and, and that really uh, only deals with schools that are in the Pacific Northwest, so the states of Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. All right, so 36 schools spread between those three states, uh, governed by the Northwest Athletic Conference, very, very similar to uh, the California Community College Athletic Association, very similar to the National Junior College Athletic Association. Um, and, and look, the, the NWAC doesn't have divisions. Uh, the California Community College Athletic Association doesn't have divisions. Um, they're, they're just split into uh, sort of regional conferences where schools that are in different parts of, uh, of those states compete uh, against schools that are in that, that similar sort of region. All right. So to, to recap, all right. And, and to make this as, as, as simplistic as possible, um, you've got the NCAA and their three divisions, division one, two, and three, what determines where those, you know, what schools in what division is the only thing that determines that is the, the total size of the institution. It has nothing to do with competitive standards. All right, you've also got the NAIA, which is the National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics. Um, they've got divisional separation in a, in, a, in a few of their different sports, but that's you know over, over 250 different institutions compete in the NAIA. And then you've got three divisions uh, or three governing organizations that oversee competition amongst two-year colleges. All right, and that's the, the NJCAA, the National Junior College Athletic Association, the California Community College Athletic Association, and the Northwest Athletic Conference. All right, those are uh, essentially your five main governing organizations that oversee the majority of collegiate sport in the United States. But there are also three more. All right, there are three more, and they are smaller, and, and 
there, there's a there's a few things that make these uh, a little bit different to the the five that we just mentioned. All right, so one of the the remaining three is the USCAA, the United States Collegiate Athletic Association. They've got two divisions. You've also got the National Christian College Athletic Association, so the NCCAA. And then you also have the Association of Christian College Athletics, the ACCA. Now, with the USCAA, the NCCAA, and the ACCA, typically schools that that are participating in these uh, competitions are also, they're essentially dual affiliates. So, so they can have dual affiliation. So they can they can be, you know, a USCAA institution, but also um, compete in the NAIA. You know, or or they can be a they can be a part of the National Christian College Athletic Association, but also compete uh, in the NCAA Division Two or Division Three. Right. So, so they can basically have dual membership with their their main governing organization as well as. Uh, one of the the, the smaller uh, the smaller governing organizations of the USCAA, the NCCAA, and the ACCA. All right. So again, before I I confuse everybody and you know continue talking about um, you know all all these different governing organizations and competitions, really I I think it's just important for everyone to understand that there is so much more out there than than what most international families believe to be the case. All right. Like I said, the, the biggest misconception is that it's just division one, two, and three. Well, like I said, that, that is not the case. Um, that is just the NCAA. But, but as I've explained in this segment, th- there's so much more out there. There are, are essentially, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different governing organizations that have different divisional separations the only thing that, that's important to understand is that sporting competitive standards do not determine anything to do with the division in, in which a, a school participates in. Sporting, standard, sporting standards have nothing to do with divisions. Divisions are all determined by the size of the institution uh, as well as the, the outlook and, and the, I guess, the stance that the... the each individual institution takes on uh, how sport fits into the overall student experience. So if, if schools you know, want, want to be able to provide athletic scholarships in addition to academic scholarships, then they, they, would, they would choose to not be a, a, an NCAA Division three institution. All right, they, they, they choose to be in another division um, or, or, or in another competition where, where they can do that. You know, the, the, the NCAA Division three ha- has their own take on things. And, you know, a- athletic scholarship is not part of that because, you know, again, athletics is just one piece of the overall experience. So, yeah, like I said, not trying to confuse anybody, just trying to explain how much is actually out there. So, uh, in, in the next segment, we're going to get into some of the other things that, that make uh, the divisions different, um, which, which divisions that most people go into, um, and, and then how you can sort of move from one division to another. Stay tuned. All right. So hopefully that first segment, it didn't confuse you too much. Uh, again, more than anything, just trying to get you guys to understand that, that there are so many different options out there. All right. Um, 
And, and, and in this, this segment, we're going to tackle the questions of well, which divisions do, do most of our IM360 athletes go to. Um, we'll also tackle the question of can I move from one division to another? Uh, and, and then more specifically, what division will you go to? All right. So um, now we'll, we'll start out just with, with where, where we find the majority of our students fitting in as, as first year international students heading over to the United States uh, for, for the very first time, um, you know, and, and really like it's, there's a big mix, you know, a- every single year, the answer to that question will, will change based on, you know, both the competitive standards of the athletes within that year, as well as their academic abilities. So, so again, you know, what division will you go into? Well, th- that's going to be very specific to you. You know, that, that that's going to be something that, that deals with, you know, your, your competitive standards, um, that, that's going to deal with your academic standards, um, the, the classes that you've taken throughout high school and which divisions that you're actually eligible to, to enter into, um, you know, and, and, and again, like where you start may not be where you finish. You know, I, I think the most important thing for every international student is first and foremost, get to the United States, you know, get, get overseas and get into the system because once you're into the system, you know, your, your ability to, to, to then jump from one division to another is, uh, is certainly possible. <clears throat> Sometimes, you know, where you end up is, is a direct reflection of, you know, what you accomplished from where you started. Um, and, and then there's also the, the possibility that, you know, students will go into schools where they start and finish in, in, the, in the same school. So th- there really is no one size fits all uh, sort of process that, that, that we follow where, that, that determines that our kids go to these specific divisions. You know, that, that, that really comes down to what each individual student athlete and that, what they bring to the table uh, and, and, and then how they fit into, you know, the competitive standards and academic standards of, of, of the different divisions. Um, one thing that I will say is that we, we predominantly see more of our students from, from all the countries that we work with uh, going into, uh, if, if they go into the NCAA, more, more will go into Division Two and Division III uh, than, than will go into Division One, and I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, we also see a lot of students uh, getting great opportunities and, and, and heading off to the NAIA. Um, and then we also have plenty of students every single year that, that, that go first to a, to a junior college, so to, to one of the three different governing organizations of junior college competitions. So, I would say predominantly, if we're going to look at really, you know, over the last, say, you know, 10, 15 years of, of us being in, in existence, the, the vast majority of our students tend to fit into, um, you know, Division Two in the NCAA, the NAIA, as well as junior college um, to, to, to start their first year in the United States. All right. Do we have students that go to Division One schools? Of, of course we do. Every single year we've got, you know, a, a handful of kids that get great offer, offers and opportunities from Division I schools and, and, and what determines if, if they get, you know, the, the opportunity to, to go straight to a Division I school. Like I said, it, it's firstly, it starts out with their academic standards, their SAT scores, uh, the classes that, uh, that, that they took in high school and, and, and being deemed academically eligible. Uh, for competition in the NCAA Division One, 
Uh, then it comes down to, you know, their their athletic ability and 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 how good they are. Um, you know, and and to to go look to to get a Division One opportunity is is not necessarily the the most difficult part, right? So 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 being given an opportunity to join a Division One roster is is one thing. All right, being scholarshiped to go to that Division One school is a completely different thing. All right, and and so students that 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 get opportunities to go to Division One. That, that, that don't receive, you know, big scholarships to do so, you know, what, what determines if that student actually goes to that division one school is if that family is able to afford the costs associated with that opportunity. All right. And, and with division one schools being the biggest schools out there that typically comes with, you know, high, high prices. And, and, and if, you know what that that's probably why we see more students going to division 2 the NAIA division 3 uh and, and and junior college is because they may have offers you know to 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 maybe be you know walk-ons or 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 have been invited into a division 1 program but but if that scholarship amount is not being presented right away or you know, or no scholarship is is being presented right away, or or a small amount of scholarship is being presented right away. Then, you know, the the costs associated with going to that Division One school are are going to be really really high, right? And that that's just the truth of the matter. Um, whereas when you look at Division Two, II, Division Three, the NAIA, Junior College, all right, they can pair funding together. You know, they can they can stack both academic and athletic scholarship to take, you know, what what looks to be a, a you know, a, a very pricey institution at full price down into a range that, that more families are able to afford. So, so really, you know, take academics aside, take sporting standards aside, the, the thing that is going to have the biggest determination of, of, of what division that you go to and, and where you go really comes down to budget. You know, how, how much are you, are you able and willing to spend per year on, on your U.S. experience, because, you know, if let, let's say that you've got division one opportunities, but, you know, those don't they don't they don't fall within your range of, of, of budget, then you're going to need to consider options from from other divisions. And, and, and that's, you know, that, that and with the hope of, you know, yeah, maybe maybe one day you'll, you'll get back to a division one opportunity. You know, once uh, you, you've, you've proven yourself on U.S. soil, you, you've got some U.S. classes and, and credits under your belt, and 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 maybe you can qualify for more money um, as a, as a transfer student than what you qualify for as a first year international going to the United States for the first time. And, and that sort of brings me to the next. Can I can I move from one division to the next or or, or to another? Well, of course you can. And and that's I guess the best thing about um, you, you know the. The collegiate sporting system is that you know nothing contractually obligates you to stay in one place. You know, you, you as as the student have the ultimate say in everything. You know, in, in terms of where you go. All right, you don't you don't have a, really a say in terms of how much scholarship that you get, whether that be academically or athletically. Like you don't have a say in terms of how much playing time that you get. All right, you you. you the only thing that you really have a say in is how much effort that you put into both your academics and your sport. Um, and also if, if you're not enjoying your experience at, at one school or, you know, let's say that you do incredibly well uh, at, at, at the school that you go to first and, and then you want to make the jump to another school in a higher division, 
then then that's your choice. You, you know, you you can you can do that. And so, you know, for us at IM360, we we find a lot of opportunities, you know, for for obviously students heading over to the United States and Canada for the first time, but a, a lot of what we do also is facilitate transfers between institutions. You know, so I, I guess think about it this way. All right, like if you were a college coach, all right, and let's say that you were a college coach of, you know, a, a let's say an NCAA Division One institution, all right, and, and and this is legitimately the the thought process of a Division One coach. Like uh, Division One school is, is, is they're the biggest schools, all right, the biggest schools um, generate the most revenue, which means that that revenue can then goes into scholarship budgets and and you know different different things. So so again. Um, that, that's why Division One schools compete against other Division One schools is because their size is similar, their their revenue is similar, and they've got similar resources when it comes to recruiting. All right, um, and but that doesn't mean that that those resources are used appropriately, and that Division One school is going to be you know super elite, right? Like it, it just it, it doesn't mean that, right? But, um, but but again, you know, if if you're the coach of that Division One school and you've got a big budget that you can spend however you want to spend. All right, you can literally go out and, and, and pick any kid from anywhere in the world or a kid that's already in the United States coming from another institution to, to, to be a part of your program, right? Like if you had one big scholarship to give, all right, and, and, and again, put yourself in the position of, of this coach, all right? If you had one big scholarship to give, all right, would you give that scholarship to a first-year international that, that has done nothing yet in the United States has not been away from home um, and on their own in, in a foreign country, um, has not done any university-level coursework um, in, in the United States or, or, or had to balance both their training and competitive schedules with you know, a, a rigorous academic schedule. Like, like would you give that, that big lucrative scholarship to a first-year international with no experience in the United States or, or, or would you feel more comfortable giving that big scholarship to a student that, that maybe has already done two years in the United States and is transferring to a nut, like transferring from one institution to you? All right. Like think about that. And, 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 I, and I, I think I think that if you think about that, right, um, your answer will be that you would be much more likely to give that big scholarship to a, a, an international student that has already proven themselves in the United States, all right, and 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 again, we see this year in and year out. Uh, you know, in investing a, a very big amount on on an unproven, um, you know, student that, that that's never done anything in the United States, like that that comes with a lot of risk. Because what if that investment, you know, you find that that you, you know, you made a that that was a poor choice. You know, well, well then that that big scholarship amount is. You know, that it's tied up with that student, even though they may not be, you know, I guess giving you the output that you expect as a coach. Um, and, and then therefore, you know, you, you've, you've sort of, you've wasted a big chunk of money. All right. So, so to remove that, that risk, it makes a lot of sense for, for, for a coach to first recruit a transfer athlete, recruit that transfer athlete that's proven themselves in the collegiate competition that, that comes with transfer credit because you're getting sort of a, a ready-made player that there's far less risk in that, you know, and, and, and coaches are far more likely to give more money to a transfer student uh, than they are to a first year international, which, which again determines, you know, if, if that 
if that scholarship amount or, or if the funding amount is not high enough to bring the total cost of that institution down into a range that's affordable for you and your family, then you know, you're not going to go to that school. You're going to go to a school that, that, that can make your costs affordable that's going to be in a different, maybe a different division. All right. So can you move from one division to another? Of course you can. And, and, and you know, the, the students that we've had that have gone and, and, and had the most success, uh, especially at the highest levels, so, say some of those Division One programs, you know, I, I would say with the exception of maybe 10, all right, I can, I can count the, the number that have gone straight to a Division One school on a big scholarship that have been incredibly successful right from the start, all right? I can count those on, on, on two hands, all right? Whereas I... I've lost count of the number of students that that we've sent over that have gone to you know either a junior college for two years first or to a Division two school or an NAIA school or a Division three school that, that that have done incredibly well in their first and second year and and then have made the jump to a higher division you know once they've proven themselves in in the competition so so again you know your where you where you end up. And, and where you graduate with your degree, all right, very, very well may not be the exact same place that, that you started. Uh, and, and that, you know, that transition between divisions uh, is something that, that is very, very common, right? Like, and, and you, you've got, you know, you, you've got students that go from, you know, let's say a division two program to, to a division one program, but then you've also got transition from, say, division one or division two to, to either Division Three or the NAIA, all right, like moving down, and 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 there's there could be any number of reasons for that, but the one that we see, you know, most, and and you know, Division One students transferring down to Division Two schools or Division Three schools or NAIA schools is because they went to Division One thinking that they were going to go and 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 you know compete and you know be involved in a lot of competition, and and when they got there and realized that that they were no longer, you know, the 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 best. You know that that was a that, that's a tough pill to swallow, and and they may not have had the chance to compete as as often as they wanted to. So, you know, they made the decision to step down to a different division where they were going to still be challenged and still, you know, be pushed, but but where they were going to have the chance to get more competition time. All right, so so you you've got variations between, you know, going from a from a from a junior college to. You know, transferring on to a Division One, Two, or Three, or an NAIA school, um, you, you've got transitions from Division One down to Division Two, Three, and the NAIA. All right, um, you, you've got some students that start out in a university and do one year, and and then decide that they want to transfer to a junior college to do their second year, and then transfer again to do their final two years. Right. So, so you, you, I think as you're starting to listen to this, you're starting to see that. Look, there's eight different governing organizations that have multiple divisions and a ton of different schools. All right, um, you've you've got transition between divisions and and between competitions. All right, you you're starting to see how many different variables come into play when it comes to trying to find, you know, the the right school, the right institution, the right division, whatever it may be, and 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 why this process. It is so difficult to navigate when when you don't have you know someone like myself or or, or an organization like I am three sixty that that that's able to to help sift through all the different things to to find you the right fit. All right, so what division will you go to? I don't know. 
I don't know. You're going to go to the division that complements your abilities the best, both your academic and your athletic abilities. Um, but but you're also going to go to a division that complements your budget. All right. So so those are the three main things. Your your academics. All right. The the classes that you've taken through high school, as well as your overall achievement and, and your SAT scores. All right. Your your athletics. Right. The sport that you play. How good you are at that sport, and and not just how good you think you are at that sport, but how good. You know, coaches of schools in different divisions believe that you are and, and, and how you fit, you know, into that system over there. Um, and, and then also, you know, once it comes down to different offers and different opportunities, that, that's going to come and, and leave different amounts out of pocket that need to be, you know, that, that need to be paid. And, and that will, you know, your budget and, and how much you're willing and able to spend is, is more than likely going to be the ultimate decider in, in terms of which division that you go to and, and whether that's, you know, where you start or, or is that a place where you can com- complete all four years in one place? All right. So again, guys, not trying to confuse you, just trying to give you some, some clear cut information um, around all the different types of opportunities out there. What determines, you know, what a division, what school division participates in um, and, and which options and what options that you have. Uh, that, that determine, you know, where you start and what division that is and, and, and how that can influence where you then transition into um, o- over time in, in the U.S. system. All right. So, uh, again, tons of information. If you've got any questions about divisions and you want to learn more and know more, uh, there's a ton of different resources. We, we talk about uh, the divisions in, in some of our other podcast episodes. Uh, you can also go on the IM360 website, download uh, the, the 12-step guide that I wrote. Uh, that will break down the, the collegiate athletic system and the different divisions, and you'll be able to sort of see what determines what. So again, don't just stop um, you know, your, your research and, and, and thinking about um, different divisions with, with this podcast episode. This, this should just you know, give you some information and, and some understanding about what makes the divisions different and, and what can influence different things. Um, keep, keep that research going. Ask your questions to us anytime. Uh, and, and, and we're happy to provide you as much guidance and information as we can. One thing that we're, we are super, super committed to is making sure that we're providing the best possible opportunity to every single one of our students uh, at the right schools, regardless of the division, um, that, that suits that family's budget as well as suits all of your academic ambitions, your sporting ambitions, and, 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 and a place that is going to provide you the best overall experience. All right. The division does not matter. All right. If, if you find the right program that complements all those things, the division does not matter. All right. You, you can have a professional sporting career coming out of any division. All right. If you're good enough. All right. Um, you can have a positive experience as a student athlete in any division, any of them. All right. So, so the fact that, oh, you know, my coach told me that I, I'm a division two athlete. Okay. Well, that may be the case, but are you, are, do you get enough scholarship money and, and, and an opportunity to go straight to division two or, 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 or not, you know, that like that, that's all determined by, you know, each athlete's promotional process. And, and at the end of the day, students are going to go uh, to, to places that are, are affordable first and foremost uh, and, and if that's a place where they can start and finish their studies, great. If that's just a place where they start their studies and, and then we assist in 
progressing that student to a different division over time, then that's, that's a great opportunity as well. All right. So guys, that is it for episode 102. All right. Divisions explained. Again, be sure that you continue that research. Listen to some of the other podcast episodes. Jump onto our resource center. Read some of our different blogs. Download the 12-step guide. Learn as much as you can about all the different divisions. Look, while you're on Facebook, while you're on the internet, be sure, give us a like on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, give us your star ratings on all the different podcast apps so that you you, you help us remain number one in the world uh, with the IM360 podcast. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, guys, uh, it, it's, it's your listening, it's your feedback, it's your ideas that allow us uh, to, to keep doing uh, th- this, this podcast. Y- your ideas provide us with... Uh, with plenty of information to to structure new episodes and things like that. So keep sending that stuff through. uh, And and more importantly, keep listening. Everybody stay safe out there. Stay safe. Stay hygienic. Uh, We're going to get through all of this stuff. uh, But in the meantime, we're going to keep pumping out great content for you guys to listen to. And we appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one.